Here we are with Exalted, off-topic, the Five Maidens and the Sidereal Exalted. With me today, I, I'm Devin, and with me today we have... Peter. So, Peter and I, yet again in the condo, talking about Exalted stuff. What are we talking about today, Peter? We are talking about the Sidereals and the Five Maidens of Destiny. Alright, what do we got to say about them? What's the cliff notes on these guys? Well, there are a lot of different cliff notes, I would say. Because um, I think they're a bit different from the other exiles that you play, because they're they've been around in the creation all the time. They've got an actual job to them. Like each one of them is employed by the Bureau of Destiny. Therefore, they're actual associate bureaucrats. All of them, no exceptions. It seems. Sidereals are a weird character option in Exalted because they are they either exist solely to be NPCs or an entire game revolves around playing them. Um, and that sounds a little whatever, because, you know, any game would resolve on playing one Exalt type, but Sidereals are weird. So, the five mains are Incarna, just like the Unconquered and Luna. They're, in fact, the other Incarna. There's seven of them with all of these guys together. We got the five, Luna, Unconquered. Done. So, there are only a hundred Sidereals, and they are Celestial Exalts. Uh, what was it? A hundred of them? So there's 20 for each of the five casts, and each of the casts is based off the maidens, and each of the maidens is weird. I don't think I even remember all their names. Mars is one of them. <laughs> uh, let's see. What do we have? We have... There's... Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. Yeah, that's them. And the maidens are basically in charge of the Lumen Fate, the Luma Fate and Destiny. So, in Exalted... When a rock falls to the ground when you drop it, it's not because gravity did, it's because it's fated to fall to the ground. That's the physics engine Exalted runs off of, or creation runs off of. Uh, you being born under a certain astrological sign and being destined to one day uh, marry the princess and bring ruin to the land, that is your destiny. And that is different from the day-to-day minutia of fate. And that's controlled by this big fucking cobweb thing called the Loom of Fate in Heaven that's full of spiders. Yep. And the Sidereals, uh, the best description for a Sidereal, I guess, is they troubleshoot that. Yeah, it seems to be their main purpose, to work for the Maidens, for the Bureau of Destiny. For Heaven. Yeah, and solve the problems that can be solved otherwise. So Sidereals were probably the earliest example of the Slave Splat. And what I mean by the save, Slave Splat is when they were introduced in one, first edition, uh, they have a boss, kind of like in D&D with Paladins and Clerics. They can get in trouble for not following their boss. There's an entire section about auditing and, and TPS reports and getting fired and stuff. Yeah. Um, they, they have a job to do. They get in trouble. There's worlds upon worlds of factions that are crushing them and making sure that they, they stay in line. So at one point, they're hopeless bureaucrats stuck in an endlessly incompetent and corrupt system. And on the other end, they're Kung Fu Matrix agents. Yep. Uh, they are a slave splat, quote unquote, in the same vein that abyssals are, because abyssals are controlled by the Death Lords in first edition. Uh, and then later, infernals would attempt to be before the uh, what do you call it, triumphant how the Devil Tiger stuff got introduced. Okay. And alchemicals who are controlled by the state. Yep. But I guess while alchemicals can largely just work on their own troubleshooting problems that they have. Well, the Sidereals are so bound to where they are, and mm. they have to report back, 
And, well, sometimes they get sabbatical, but it's very limited. Yeah, so your default sidereal is a dude that works in heaven. Uh, they figured out you were going to exalt when you were a baby and stole you and took you to heaven and raised you in heaven. And then one day you exalted because whoever had your exaltation before died or yeah. it was just time. Yeah, one important thing about sidereals is that they're not sort of destined to exalt and therefore they exalt. It's like they have the, their destiny bound to them from the get-go. Yeah. And um, they don't have any other destiny, not to interfere with anything. So since they exist outside of faith and they are the best uh, destinies from across time to be what they are, therefore they can't be anything else ever. Yeah, so you're marked at a young age that you're going to be a sidereal. It's a little different than the other 1E splats introduced, like Lunars, Solars, and Dragonblooded, where there are fairly nebulous conditions. Like, you know, Solars had to have some sort of excellence about them or had to have some sort of triumph uh, or the potential to be triumphant. Uh, Lunars had to shit in the woods, and Dragonblooded had to have pretty good genealogy. Sidereals, it's like, hey, why are you sidereal? Because you're a sidereal, as far as I can tell. Because you're supposed to be sidereal. Yeah. Now, that default character type means that you're in heaven, you help make sure the bureaucracy runs, you make sure corrupted gods that are being super corrupt get put in jail or get admonished. Uh, you're dealing with a lot of X-Files stuff where there's weird things going on. But you're also dealing with, like, West Wing or uh, House of Cards-style politics or Game of... Th no, no, West Wing or House of Cards, where it's bureaucracy and you have to make the right deals and you have to, you know, ensure everything runs smoothly, even if it's still running pretty corruptly. Yeah, plus the other thing about Sidereals is that I think from all of the Celestials out there, they are the most limited because there are some special rules that only apply to them in the sense of bureaucracy. They're not allowed to have armies, they're not allowed to have kingdoms, they're not allowed to have warship and so on so on. They're not even allowed to spend too much money while they're on their missions because that would mess destinies up. So compare that to Solars that basically can run amok and do whatever. They can't do no wrong because they're from Sol Victus. They're pretty much bound to what can they can do, really. That's right. Now, this only applies to Sidereal Exalted who also work for the Bureau of Heaven. You can have Sidereals that just say fuck it and don't, and those are called Ronin. Based, of course, off of the word for a samurai that doesn't have a lord or whatever that is everywhere in pop culture. Yep. So Ronin and Sidereal are like, meh, fuck it. They don't get the access to Heaven's resources, but they can do whatever they want. And Heaven doesn't really do anything about it because they're just exults. And a serial on its own can't really do that much damage. Um, at most, um, they're going to want that Sidereal to come back to Heaven eventually. But Sidereal live like 5,000 years, so yeah. eh. Well, you know, the Cecil, all this can always get them, and so on, so on, so on. Over time, they might come around, or whatever. Yeah. You know, once everyone they've ever known's died. Yeah. Um, Alright, so, the Maidens. Yeah. We just named them earlier. Um, they manage portfolios, or constellations. They're in charge of certain things, like Mars is War, one of them is Endings, I think Venus is Serenity, or Love. Let's see. Um... Yeah, we've got Mercury's the travel. Division of Journeys, which is, I think, Mercury. I think it's like, Journeys is Mercury, War is Mars. Venus is the pleasure. The Venus is Serenity. Serenity. And, and one is Secrets and one is Death, or Endings. Jupiter is Secrets and Saturn is Endings. Saturn is Endings. Saturnite, the term, or whatever it is. Okay, alright, so boom. 
I don't really know how they manage that stuff. I've never played a Sidereal. Um, <laughs> I don't really know how that reflects in the cast. I think their charm selection makes them a bit more wonky in the last two editions. It's pretty much like you've got with the other insults. So you've got your warrior type, yeah. so you've got your Mars. If you have your assassin type, then that's a Saturn. And so on and so on. So, yeah, uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, you um, know, pretty much every exalt type has those categories to them. So you had to have sort of division uh, to get special things based off of. It's very indicative of early exalted design work, where they were trying to do you know five of everything, make them all match up to the eggs to the solar types. Lunars did the same things because there used to be five lunar casts and such. They all they all tried to make it look kind of samey, like Nuwad does with the mechanics. Yeah. So heaven is one of the restrictions serials have. The other one is charm access. Um, apparently. Sidereals don't get access to very many high-level charms. Um, I don't really know that much about that. This might be a bit wrong, but as far as I remember in 2nd edition, they didn't get access to 4th and 5th essence level charms. Or, or if they did, they were very far and few between. And that's because the Maidens put their charm set on quote-unquote lockdown. Yeah, I think I heard about that. And the yeah. Maidens can, at times of need, take the limiters off, and then everyone gets access. Yeah. Which is supposed to show up in a few endgame scenarios, which is the dumbest place for those things to show up, but whatever. Um, so, 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 have a lot of charms. They're just lower tier. Yep. But they're wonky. Well, yeah, if you're dealing with faith and you're bashing people, the concept of, I don't know, falling over. Sidereals are hackers. Sidereals are agents in the Matrix. Sidereals are jacked into the machine. Uh, one basic sidereal charm is you tie a rope around the perimeter of a city, you tie it to your belt, and you start walking, and the city moves with you. And then wherever you leave the city, everyone in that city thinks that's where the city's always been, and maps retroactively update themselves, and roads update themselves. Well, that's basic very, sidereal charm. That's very thematic, but... It's weird. There's another one where you can substitute anything for ammunition for bow or ranged attacks. So arrows, rocks... A beam of light, and one example, harsh words. <laughs> Your own voice. And it does lethal. That's nice. Sidereals are strange. Um, so that's... Uh, and the other restriction they have is they have what's called arcane fate. So I guess we have to give a bit of backstory on Sidereals for that. Okay, so should we start with how the maidens started and all the early stuff? Do you know that stuff? Uh, I've read a bit on the, the Glorious Most High book where... They say that oh, the, city, the maidens exist as fate before even creation began. Basically, whenever the primordial started coalescing in some groups, then fate was already present there. And then when and they wanted to manage the shit out of that. Yeah, and then when eventually when Luna came about and created night, because the first shadow, then the maidens came into through the tapestry, I guess, or something like that. And well, the primordial. Acknowledged them that they were their design or their creation, but nobody knew where they came from, how they existed, and so on and so on. They were fairly mysterious, and they are always fairly mysterious. I think they're the least. They're either the they're the mo they're the least talked about in Karna, but they're the most used in games in Karna because they're aloof enough that they haven't been. I'm just gonna out, out and out say ruined by too much material being written about them. I suppose. They're, 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 they play up more like the fates from Greek mythology or oracles or the, the moray, the hags or whatever. They're, they're much more ethereal and you can kind of inject them into a game without feeling like you're having a GM NPC or god yeah. show up. 
Well, yeah, I think uh, one interesting part of fiction that was uh, one of our materials when we were researching Swan Dragon, the Battle of Terran Woodbridge, that we actually, it was so, such an epic battle that the Maiden of Mars actually looked away from the games of divinity and actually lent the Swan Dragon her chariot and so on, so on, yeah. the battle. So in the beginning, the Maidens were just around, whatever. And then in the Primordial War, they, of course, sided against the Primordials. And the Serial Exalted were created by taking a hundred... What was it? It was... Greatest Destinies? It was... Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was the greatest warrior destinies that ever existed. The greatest lover, the greatest ender, secrets. Like, in theme with the Maidens. And tearing them out of the Loom of Fate and turning them into exaltations for the casts. Yeah. So it, those destinies, the, the caliber that falls into the main's purview, will never be seen in the Loom of Fate because the greatest ones were already ripped out to turn into sidereals. Yeah. So I think uh, our friend Abdu was saying that, oh, he's the greatest warrior in Exalted. And the correct answer is, no, the sidereals are greater than you because they are the greatest warriors around. Not quite. No. Not quite. So. More like they have the, great, the, the greatest story about them or the greatest kind of destiny... That would have happened. Like, a destiny is a series of events that play out and change the face of the world. And that was kind of ripped out and turned into mm-hmm. an exaltation. And by dint of how the serials work, they fulfill that great destiny by just working behind the scenes or changing the course of history. Yep. So it's the history changing that I think that's kind of emphasized in that parable. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the sidereals helped, the primordials died, blah, 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 right? Yep. So the sidereals get the nickname, much like solars are lawgivers and lunars are stewards... These serials get the nickname Viziers. Um, they're basically um, a vizier. Like they, well, they're supposed they, to be advisors to yeah. the solars and the lunars to make sure that creation is running smoothly and things going properly. They have, yeah, they're wise men, counselors, advisors, uh, sifus. Like they're, they're martial arts instructors. We'll get into the martial arts yeah. later. They're, they're supposed to be there to guide the solar and lunar host towards a brighter future. Yeah. And that didn't really work out. And then the soul, and then the, the serials um, sequestered themselves in the loom of fate when the first age was getting kind when when they thought the first age was getting kind of shitty, and did this thing they do called astrology, where they try to predict the future. And all hundred of them together predicted uh, an outcome. Basically, creation was going to fall apart and get destroyed. They invented this vision. They tore it out of the loom. So if they didn't do anything, creation would end. This was the destiny that was out there. So they had two visions that could probably solve this at world ending. They had a vision of gold and a vision of bronze. And the vision of gold was they work with the solars, let them know that the solars are fuck-ups, and then the world might come into a better place where the, the sidereals basically guide the solars into being better people. And then there's the vision of bronze where they kill the solars and then they just have the dragon blooded be in charge because the dragon blooded won't be as terrible. Yep. Um, and they decided to go with bronze and murder whoever disagreed. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they had a big discussion about it, and the Vision of Bros was basically a singular vision, so this is how it'll end. The creation will diminish, but it'll last forever, and yeah. one end versus with the Vision of Gold. You had many, many different possibilities of how you could accomplish this, and therefore they didn't agree that, oh, this will go this way, and so on and so on. Both had a disagreement of which vision should be right or wrong, but they both knew that if they just kept on quarreling, then the bad vision would happen, so they couldn't continue discussing this forever. So, they killed anyone who disagreed, and lashed together a plan to deal with the Solars once and for all. A final solution. 
They tricked the Solars, they convinced the Dragoblet to rise up against them, the Solars were murdered, and depending on which story you uh, are partial to, all of the shining lights of the Lawgivers were sealed under the ocean or sealed within the constellations themselves, and they were never seen again after their death. And then the Shogunate started. Uh, and then through the Shogunate, the Sidereals basically tried to make sure everything kept, kept, the, kept all the plates spinning on sticks. And it worked up until that whole contagion apocalypse thing happened, and then it all fell to shit. And as it was falling to shit, I think this is how the story goes, there was one destiny in the Loom of Fate that was that was saving things, and it was the Empress's at the time's destiny. So they, they, they tied everyone who was alive in creation and all the different fate they had around this one destiny, making it a big steel braided cord of fate in the Loom uh, to kind of inure the world, and eventually the Empress pulled it off and won the day. And then, you know, she had a different idea of how the world was going to be run. So the serial, the Bronze Faction, as it would be known to be called, basically started working with her on wild hunts and murdering solars and, you know, the, the little ones that would show up and keeping the edge of creation patrolled and keeping those fucking lunars at bay. Because yeah. the lunars didn't go anywhere. They're over there, pissed off and hungry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then nobody really cared about a gold or bronze faction because the, the how could you have a, the gold faction was academic. It's like, oh, we believe that if the Solars did ever come back, that they would be the guys. And it's like, well, they're, they're not. It's been two thousand. Fuck you. It's been a couple thousand years. They're not coming back. You're just being contrarian. You know, some Solars were around. Yeah, but not, it's not, not the same. That's yeah. not the Solar host. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then the Solar host came back. Yep. And shit hit the fan. And then the gold faction started for realsies. Yeah. So coming into Exalted, there are two very broad stroke factions you can play as Sidereal. There's the Gold Faction, and then there's the Bronze Faction. The Bronze Faction wants to keep the Realm of the Dragonblood host spinning. The Gold Faction wants to not help the Solars, but they want to manipulate and control the Solars to make a better world. Well, but it starts with protecting the Solars for the Wild Towns and so on and so on. Yeah, letting them pupate beyond their newly Exalted state. Um, and then, and then there's like other things, like like a Sidereal, you can be on different conventions. Conventions are basically committees for dealing with problems in creation, like the Death Lords or the Fey Folk, or conventions on Malpheus, or conventions on new plagues or or new disasters that are happening. Yeah, they've got those air, fire, water, wood, Death Lords, essence wielders, natural disasters, plague, and war. I think those are the those are the ones, the big ones that are around now. Yeah, they were mentioned in the Yushan book. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of factional stuff you can do. Sidereals <coughs> have this thing called Arcane Fate that they got from hiding that they murdered the Solars. They basically broke reality in a really accidental way. Well, I think, first of when they were sequestering themselves to look at the future, they decided to unweave themselves from the Loom of Fate or something like that? They, they fucked something up. They meant to do something completely different, and they fucked it up, and they destroyed a constellation called the Mask or whatever. Yeah. And what ended up happening is, even Essence Wielders, I think, when they encounter Sidereal, Arcane Fate means that over time you just kind of forget what they looked like or who they were, or all ideas of them kind of blur away. Yeah. So they don't leave an impression anymore in people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, different characters will be able to because that's just how Solars and uh, the other types work. But it's really hard to remember Sidereal. Pretty much. And yeah, that's just a result of stuff that happened in the backstory of Exalted. So it's not that important, but it's there. Well, plus also, I guess uh, you can't really sky on them with the Loom of Fate, though, can you? I don't know. Uh, so, well, it might be also. So. Sidereals have astrology where they can, on their own, or they can go into the Loom of Fate and. 
find things or alter destiny or pull the future out of it. Uh, one of their dirty tricks is creating a, a ascending or descending destiny on a certain thing. So they can basically, basically bring down curses on the land. Like they can just spoil a kingdom and stuff if certain conditions aren't meant or bring ruin onto things or bring luck and wheel and woe. Uh, they can do kind of really big macro changes, but it can't be them that does it. It always appears that something else is naturally occurring. Mm-hmm. So like a bad drought, storms, a king dying of illness, that kind of shit. And this can all be derailed. It's just they can throw this on your empire. Yeah. Also, um, uh, think there was something that uh, when they are predicting the future or trying to alter the future, they also get paradox. Paradox is their great curse. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right, let's talk about Paradox. That's another limiter. So in the last two editions, Sidereals accrue Paradox. And they get Paradox from, through their own machinations, fucking with the Luma Fate and fucking with Destiny. And the spiders. And, uh, Pattern Spite is a way to get Paradox. Uh, I don't know if this is the only way, but just by them causing inconsistencies with Destiny, they suffer the backlash onto themselves until it detonates and it gets too high and then something terrible happens. Um... I'm not sure exactly how terrible, but terrible things happen to the Sidereal. And one of the quickest ways to get Paradox is to piss off the Pattern Spiders. Yeah. The Pattern Spiders are these automaton, autochthon made to manage the Loom of Fate. And if you keep fucking with their shit and making them do work, they'll just start going to your destiny line and they'll start to bite it with their little spider mandibles and give you Paradox and damage you. Yep. Other bites. Yeah. So don't do that. Yeah. Well, I think that's because they were like the mage from World of Darkness and so on. Oh, right? dude, it's one for one mage. Pretty much, yeah. Sidereals are mages from World of Darkness. That's what they were taken from. <laughs> yeah. And that's why you have arcane, you know, the background that makes you forgettable, and fucking uh, magic kung fu powers, and paradox. That's yeah. why it's all there. Yeah. Old mage. Yeah, old mage. <laughs> fucking paradox spirits and shit. Um... So that's Sidereal Arcane Fate. That's Sidereal Resplendent. Oh, yeah. So when Sidereals want to interact with the world, they create a thing called a Resplendent Destiny. Uh, a Resplendent Destiny is essentially they invent a person, kind of like a cover from Demon, uh, from the new Demon book, if you've read it. Um, and it's, it's an entire existing person that they step into the face and role of. And they act as that person. And that person accrues, you know, you can curse that person or, or harm that person. But you never get to the sidereal underneath because they're they're hiding within a, an entire different persona and personality. It, it's kind of the way Zeus will appear among people as a beggar or as like a warrior or as just some asshole, and you never know it's Zeus until the last minute. What do you got? Uh, let's see. What was sidereals do? What was called? philosophy, maybe. Okay. Guys? Yeah. All right. So I don't remember if this was Shogunate era. No, it couldn't have been Shogunate. Yeah, it had to have been Shogunate era, because it exists in Lookshy. Yeah, probably. Or maybe they invented it later. Uh, the Sidereals worked with the ex- with the terrestrial exalted culture to invent this thing called the Immaculate Philosophy, which we'll go over it more in the Dragonblooded section. Yeah. But in short, it's Dragonbloods are on top, and everything else sucks. <laughs> oh, and Solars and Lunars specifically are horrifying monsters you should kill on sight or go run and scream into a priest to, and here's how to identify them. Not every exalt, <coughs> but lunars and solars, demons. Cardinals. Uh, no, no, no. Lunars and, and solars. Those are the ones that were called out. Okay. 
Alright? The abyssals and infernals don't fucking matter, but the lunars and solars are the thing, and anything that looks like it is what people will assume you're an anathema and call the police. Uh, demons and fey fall under that, but not all demons, because demons are servants, whatever. Uh, the fey folk always fall under anathema, because, duh, they're fey folk. They're intissimal to life, or whatever the word is. But if you're an exigent, or god-blooded, or a mutant, or whatever, or a sidereal, um, you're not going to fall under anathema. Or same with alchemicals. If you're not, and, and anathema is a very specific term. It only applies to the cast marks for lunars and solars and the descriptions of them. So an abyssal and an infernal would get caught in it just because they look like a solar or a lunar. Yep. Um, but I guess the other part of the mega philosophy is keeping the balance between the humans, the exalts, and the gods, I suppose, which ties to the original duties for celestial exiles, which is basically managing creation and making sure that the gods don't try to run their kingdoms, mess with things, and so on and so on. So I guess the take on that, I guess... The Hundred Gods Heresy, that's what it's called. Oh. Um, could you talk more about it? No, continue. That's just another name for gods not ruling on Earth. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, basically, uh, that's similar to the creation ruling mandate, just with a different spin on it, now that the terrestrial exists are the ones that should be the interface between the mortals and the gods. And the realm seems to be running a pretty tight shift on the gods. And, well, managing it pretty okay, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, that specific part of the Immaculate Text is called the Hundred Gods Heresy. And it's basically gods don't show themselves to mortals and gods don't get cults. Go fuck yourself. Well, they get worshipped on... They get worshipped. Yeah. They don't get cults. Same thing with ancestor worship. It counts as the Hundred Gods Heresy. Okay. Um... So Sidereals are really good martial artists. That's probably the other reason people go for Sidereals. They're they're really fucking good at martial arts. I don't know if it's ever been properly portrayed in the mechanics, but third time's a charm, as they say. Well, <laughs> I've heard it from some people on some forum that they oh yeah, just go for the Sidereal martial arts and Sidereal martial arts, yeah. That is that is a thing. So Sidereal martial arts, there used to be three tiers of martial arts. Uh, mortal, uh, terrestrial, celestial, and sidereal. And they got rid of that because it was a little dumb and it made you pick some optimal choices. But as far as we know, in 3rd edition, there are only martial arts. And some martial arts might also be sidereal martial arts. We're not sure. One hasn't been published yet. But where a creation-born martial art, like a celestial or a terrestrial, just martial arts in general... They emulate things in creation, you know, the crane, the tiger, the spider, the righteous devil, uh, the dreaming pearl courtesan carp dragon, uh, Mera, the shadow lover, these kinds of things. That's what they, they creation-born martial arts emulate very specific ideas and concepts that are very real in creation. So your martial arts are fucking crazy. They do whatever they goddamn well please. Like... Uh, see, all the ones I'm familiar with are fan-made ones, and they're awesome, but probably one of the better serial ones uh, is Cobra Style. And I was just reading about Cobra Style. So, Cobra Style is a, is, a, is a melding of Crane Style and Snake Style, but also with, like, sidereal know-how applied to it. It was released in 2010 by Holden when he was part of the Ink Monkeys. Uh, and one of the Ink Monkeys uh, uh, PDFs they released... And this was actually the same time Black Clock came out for the first time, apparently. And Holden was talking about how these two martial arts styles were the first things he wrote for Exalted way back when, 
when he was just a forum guy, because Holden had a history of being the martial art guy in the Exalted community before he became part of the Exalted dev team. So Cobra style goes like this. Um, it combines those two martial arts, and it's also a big homage to the movie Drive, <laughs> uh, where you basically go through punching people and spiritually poisoning them with fake bad luck and uh, being able to instantly deflect attacks and being able to fake that you're one of the other two martial arts to throw people off. Uh, being able to paralyze people like a cobra and stuff. It's weird and it's super overpowered in second edition. It's kind of amazing. Um, and not two years later when, or not one or two years later when 2.5 came out, uh, was Cobra Style completely redacted from Exalted for being too overpowered. Oh <laughs> no. Right? You can't have something overpowered and exalted. But, but this was the team that wrote the Daystar. <laughs> this was the team that wrote Infernals, okay? So when they're like, no, we have to... Compl they did new charms for every charm in Dreams of the First Age and rewrote them from the ground up because those charms were too broken. This team's like, wow, we can't salvage anything from Cobra style. We need to cut it. Um, I don't really have a good description of what sidereal martial arts are. They're just fucking strange. Yeah. They're all over the place and weird. Uh, oh, oh, I, I just wrote one up for Godbound, actually. Um, it's called Obsidian Shards of Oblivion Style. It's, it's an actual one from the books. It's about mirrors. So this style, whereas, Cobra, whereas Snake Style lets you hit harder and break armor and, like, fuck up people's Katra and stuff and joints, right? The mirror style lets you see your opponent through any mirror or reflective surface they're reflected in. Punch through that mirror to punch them. Create breaks in reality, like like the world around you breaks like a kaleidoscope of shattered glass, so that it blinds your opponent and fucks him up. Eventually, pull your, put your hand to an alternate reality and pull a mere dark link version of your opponent out and have that guy fight for you. Uh, split yourself into a battle group of alternate versions of you who go and fight. Uh... Grab someone and throw them through a mirror into a cold, dead, upside-down a la Stranger Things world where nobody lives and you live forever, but you can never escape and people can see you trapped in mirrors screaming to let you in. Uh, it is all over the place. The last charm in the tree lets you, when you murder someone, you murder them in such a way that you're, they're erased from time. Like, to the point where you remember them, but nobody else does. Kingdoms that had you as a king forget that they had a king during that time or assume someone else was in charge. Uh, uh, their loved ones forget about them. You can only really remember them if you have a positive major intimacy towards them. And that's not to remember them. That's to remember that you're forgetting something important. It's like when uh, Rory Pond from the new Doctor Who was erased from time and Amy was crying every once in a while but didn't know why because she couldn't remember him ever existing. Now... There's a souped-up version of that capstone charm for sidereals only, the, the, the sidereal aspect of it, where when they erase someone, they can say, they can reconstruct all of recorded history around how they were erased. So, and the example they give is, you kill this guy, he's wiped from history, and then you insert your own self into his history so that you were him the whole time. To the point where if he has kids and descendants, they actually physically change to look like they're descended from you. Oh, my. <laughs> well... Sidereal martial arts are fucked. Yeah, they seem to be. Well, geez, that's a nice redeeming quality about them, I suppose. And Sidereals are really good at them. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Oh, Sidereals are Celestial Egg Salts, so they can get up to Celestial Circle Sorcery. Woo! Yay. Oh boy. Uh, let's see. Well, I guess we'll touch on the Loom of Fate now, like where it applies, where it doesn't apply, what's in and out. By all means. Um, so, I guess the Loom of Fate is one of those things that uh, the Prometheus created way, way back when. Even before the Pattern Spies existed, the actual maidens were waving this uh, destiny by hand back then. And it seems to be applying to only something because, um, well, it's a bit of mismanagement where the Doom of Fates the purview ends and where something else begins. Um, Stay off. In creation, yes, uh, Doom of Fate works. In Yushan, probably Doom of Fate also. Works. Oh, yeah. Autocatonia has its own version of Doom of Fate, which basically Autocaton's mind expanded. Yeah, he has a great design, as any good state would have. Yeah. Every person has their place in the Great Maker's uh, new world. Yes, yeah, so that's run separately from the Loom of Fate, but in similar principles. And I think there's an option that eventually, if Autocaton wills it, you can connect those back up. Yeah. Maybe with his help. Um, what? Underworld doesn't have a Loom of Fate. Yeah, but it has its own uh, constellation to start. That is, they seem to be. Analogous something possibly. The Underworld is redone for third edition. In second edition, they had their own clock and calendar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that like made the sun come come up and stuff and whatnot. I don't know if that's still there. I think they might have scrapped it. Mm-hmm. Um, Malpheus is in is elsewhere. Malpheus is in Malpheus, and I don't mm-hmm. know if the loom applies. Well, I think we at least in our session we discussed that some areas of Malpheus might apply, but I wouldn't. Really hold on to it, I guess. I, I would do research to check to see if Infernals are inside Fate, because I know Abyssals aren't. Oh, I guess it would make sense for them to not be, because, well, if they're... The Maidens yeah. and then the Incarna would have made sure that Malpheus fell within Destiny, so they could keep an eye on them, I'm sure. Mm. But it's well, worth researching. Well, the question is, could they do it, or would someone like Atokaten do it, but... Again, he could probably. Yeah, tough. And Guy and the maids would probably kick, kick bash something together to make sure they're included. Yeah, so most likely, yeah, they would be included. Um, yeah, I guess um, well, this is a tidbit about the Loom of Fate. Someone suggested that. Well, the question was how do you control the Loom of Fate without actually going to heaven because some party wanted to mess with destiny? And someone came up with the idea that the. Loom of Fate itself does not control this, it describes it, but what controls it are the constellations, which would be uh, connected to, say, in the Rafa's observatory of the stars. You could also figure out what's the destiny of people. Yeah, the, the Great Observatory in Rafis hints that it's a proto-destiny uh, divining device or an augury device. Yep. So it might be that the Loom of Fate synchronizes with the grand destiny of the stars and stuff, just in better detail. Like, it's a better version of it. Yeah, probably easier to read from the Loom of Fate than it is for the stars. More accurate, has more controls over destiny itself, because the Loom is, you know, built by Tokthon. Yeah. Whereas the Grand Ori, or whatever it's called, was built by the Dragon Kings and, I think, maybe Proto-Solars. So, the interesting uh, idea there was that if you take the... Sort of sky control module from the underworld and put that in creation, they could maybe control fate, but that's just like fun theories. Yeah. But yeah. Um, 
Is the Loom of Fate the? Uh, well, I guess we should bring up the question that people would be asking: Is if, is the Loom of Fate the end all be all as far as Destiny's concerned? And of course, the answer is no. Well, yeah, probably has more control over mortals and such smaller things versus uh, the Celestial Exalts. The, the Exalted, by dint of them using their power and them expressing themselves through essence, uh, undo parts of the loom. And like I think the word they use is like it causes it to vibrate and, and connect to other destinies and railroad. Yeah. So when you're around, uh, if you're around an Exalt, your destiny gets thrown right off path. Yeah, because like, they can do anything and the loom has to adjust accordingly. Well, that's uh, when describing the penitent in the southern book. They're saying that yeah, any changes with the penitent cause vibration in the loom of fate, and the spiders hate that. Oh yeah, a lot. So a probably lot. anything on similar scale would be the also, defense grid. Yeah. Holy shit! Does that fuck with the loom? Yeah, we'll have to see that in our sessions how that goes. Um, yeah. What else? I guess not so much the sort of two odd gods that are. Related to the Loom of Fate, you've got, well, first, that's not the first one, that's the first pattern spider. Yeah, that pattern spider, right? Yeah, so it's uh, a god created by Autocaton to populate the Loom of pattern spiders in case he wasn't around to make them. Yeah, it's it's Mama pa- pa- Pattern Spider. She designs new ones and fixes old ones and shit. Yeah, and the other god that's sort of quirky is the Luranum, the god of fivefold luck. It was like, basically, Luna wanted some god for herself to uh, be able to uh, counter the Maidus as needed. So Atokaton uh, worked together with her to create this uh, Master of Five of Luck that's basically chaos as a god. So he can huh. you know, go in and basically use like that coin flip where the coin ends on its edge and so on and so on. So he can counter so uh, what the fate has planned by the razor's edge and so on and so on. Interesting. Yeah. I, I actually am, I'm not aware of that god. Uh, he's the sussing of uh, Whitewall and so on. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, he's one. He's one of those guys. Where yeah. the, oh shit, I know the word for them too. The uh, sussing. It's with an S. Syndic. So him. There's the god of peace and good health. Good health. Yeah. Yeah. The three gods you definitely don't want to piss off. Yeah. Luck, good health, and uh, peace. Yeah. Jiminy Christmas, don't get on their bad side. Yeah. Anything else? Um, well, I guess the last big thing is the new exalted yes! types. Yes! I, I was wondering if you had anything other than those guys. Okay, so, as of third edition, uh, the sidereal paradigm has gotten a much-needed update by including... An adversarial fate-based exalt called the Gatimian exalt. So, here's how the story goes as far as we were told like three or four years ago when they were first introduced, listener. There is this guy called Arachanthulio. His name's probably not fucking important, but he's a sidereal, right? And fate conspired against him, so somebody he loved died, and that sucked. So, Thulio was all like, fuck this went out to wage a war against heaven and destiny because destiny is cruel and capricious and found a bunch of hidden exalts. So these hidden exalts are Getimian exalts and they're fate-based and destiny-based. And their trick is, is that they're not connected to the loom of fate. 
They're, they're exalts that fate forgot, and they're people that fate forgot. And inside their spinal column and bones is a colony of tiny pattern spiders that carve their own Luma fate inside their body and gives them complete control over their destiny. Yeah. I'll talk about the explained to you. Right? What the fuck, man? So, Gatimians have an essence pool that's called yin and yang, or a positive and negative pool. And how it works is, depending on what essence you use to fuel what charms, you get different effects. And they seem to be able to counter sidereal stuff. They're sidereal martial artists, just like sidereals are. Uh, they're big weirdos, and they're, they, they, they are anachronistic. They want to tear down uh, the, the establishment based around the Luma Fate and how Destiny is prescribed to people. And they, they seem to be a nice thing to let sidereal characters kind of gang up against. Uh, a way to balance it out, much in the way that um, Solars and Dragon Blooded are against each other. Um, I guess uh, how they were described that uh, based on stillborn destinies. Uh, that was the term. Yeah, that was the term. I that's a, for example, that. uh, you go out somewhere, you come back, and it, tur- it turns out that someone else took your place, and you no longer needed someone. I think that's parallels sort of Peter Pan and the Changelings. Yeah, something. I yeah, basically, uh, you, you, one day your life was taken over by a replacement, Go f- and and you're on your own now. Yeah, I guess you're like glitch the Matrix. And- yeah, you're like the one or whatever. You just kind of, yeah, if, if sidereals are agents, then the Gatimians follow the philosophy that they're, they're the humans from Zion. They get glitched out and kicked out of the Matrix, and they find their own way, and the Matrix desperately tries to correct for them. Pretty much that, I guess. That is actually a very good uh, thing to bring up, Peter, the Matrix thing. Um, so they're interesting. We know literally nothing about them, but we have them built in the Exalted module <laughs> oh, for <yeah>. Godbound. <laughs> well, it would be interesting to see how they are fleshed out in a proper book and oh, yeah, give them story. Give them a nice rewrite once that comes they, out. Well, they seem like an interesting concept. They're desperately neat. Serials are boring. Like, people have a lot of problems. The, the, it's, re- it's a complaint I hear when people talk about scenarios. They're like, I don't know how to make this game fun for my players, or I don't know why these guys aren't just all NPCs. It's something I hear quite often, that scenarios are very hard to wrap your head around just because of the infrastructure they have going on for them. Yeah, so, um, here's some example of like, games with scenarios, like what works with them, what doesn't, like how, how to use them. The movie Office Space. <laughs> There's, that is the classic example people use. Uh, the Matrix, except you're the agents. The X-Files. Yeah. Uh, any sort of Cold War analog story you want to do between gold, Bronze and Gold Faction. Any sort of crime drama like Al Capone or The Untouchables or uh, any sort of like uh, uh, Prohibition-era story. Run that with the Sidereals because that's what they're built for in Heaven. Heaven is a, a very modern, cushy, well-organized setting. Yeah. So some were described as 008s, like 007, yeah. and so on. Maybe. Now, Sidereals get described a lot as the secret agent exalt, but they're they're really not. They work better as, uh, like, they can be. They can be 007. Um, and yeah, that is a type of game you can play. You're right. Sidereals can do the 007 thing, too. Uh, they're probably better built for that just because of the way they can, you know, appear infiltrate. in and out of Destiny. Yeah, they can infiltrate pretty much anything based on the yeah. Destiny they build themselves and so on. But I guess... That's very independent, though. Well, they could be send a mission, hey, infiltrate the realm, I know, kill the Empress. That could be a giant story in itself. Yeah, but it's either going to be a group of sidereals, which I don't see that happening with, or it would be a sidereal acting within the group of exalts he's playing with. Yeah. 
So, um, how do you see a Sidiral with, say, a group of Solars or other Celestial Exalts? What would their role be there? Okay, so Sidirals so have better infrastructure access than the other Exalt types do, straight up. And they know more about the setting secrets. Sidirals so know anything they'd want to know about the Exalted setting past up to the First Age because of their long lifespans and shit. And the direct line of ascension from their mentor to them. <coughs> they could literally have been trained by someone who was around in the First Age. So... You got a bunch of solars. They are knuckle-dragging cavemen who don't understand anything about the world at all compared to you. So a sidereal fits an excellent role as being a wise man, an informant, uh, someone who's a little more setting-wise, which is why people call them the NPC exalt. They have a lot of exposition they can give. But even in terrestrial games, when you're dealing with like the Wild Hunter, you're dealing with uh, you know hundred heresy gods. Sidereals can be like, hey, you know this guy right now he's you know a god of badgers. But before, he used to be the god of rivers. So if you guys don't want to kill this guy and want to leverage him, we can leverage him through that kind of stuff. Uh, they'll have a lot more backside uh, or background information in any event they deal with. They'll know the history of places. They'll know the goings-on or the, the heavenly ordinances put in place. Well, they probably would also start being able to access heaven, be able to access the oh, gods, yeah. Definitely. so on and so on. So in a game of Solar's like. I listened to some of the sessions earlier on where, you know, the PCs had problems getting heaven to do anything, but they needed to. Was it had a sidereal, and you know, everything can be just waved away. Yeah, and so sidereal characters bring a lot to the table, and and the bulk of what they bring is new role playing solutions and new avenues to resolving problems and. You know, just just plot hooks. Like like, you have a sidereal, and you instantly can start to look for like your old tombs or your old projects that you lost if you're playing with the celestial exalts. And if you're playing a terrestrial, and the sidereal is working with you, then you could be helping the dragon blooded house. You know that you're working for gain power and stuff. They they add a lot to intrigue games. It's just when you focus on sidereals alone, if oh, acid reflux, it falls a little flat. Oh yeah. Also, they're training access for martial arts and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. And sorcery. They can get you in touch with who you need to know. Yeah, pretty much. Because Yushan Access gives them world access. Yeah. And favors and shit. Um, so do you like the, how they are currently using our game? Do you change anything? Serials are difficult to implement. Um, the, the, two or th the two that are on your side, quote unquote your side are fine, but they don't have a lot going on for them. Uh, the enemy serials that you've been encountering, that you've been dealing with with Kevin, or with the ones that have just been trying to kill you guys, they're fairly interesting, and I know kind of what they're doing. Uh, you guys killed K-Jack. Yeah. That guy's dead. He was super important. I just like him because of how important he is. Um, <laughs> Plus armor. Right? Yeah. That was probably... K-Jack should not be someone who's still around in a modern, exalted edition He's he's a thousand upon thousand upon thousand of year old serial who was in the first age, who was part of the usurpation, who's unbelievably powerful and leans to one side. He's a baby empress for Yushan games. <laughs> um, definitely should be gone. That guy should not be around anymore. Yeah. Or his importance should definitely be dialed down. He runs the bronze faction. Yeah. Uh, that means if you're playing bronze faction, you basically have a boss to give you missions. And if you're the gold faction, that means you have to deal with this super GM NPC who isn't supposed to really die. Oh, yeah. It's uh, White Wolf NPC Design 101. Uh, of course, he's also 
working for the division of secrets and so on. Probably he has tons of access to everything that's going on. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a boot to your throat. Mm-hmm. At least the Death Lords are fallible and approachable, and they're just they're just ghosts now, but ancient and terrible ghosts. Yeah. You know, the setting starts with the Empress disappearing. The setting starts with the Yozis dead and in prison. The setting starts with the soul with Soul and Luna and the Maidens playing the games of divinity. It starts with all these important people who are basically flavor for the setting and will never interact with it directly. And then it leaves Kajak behind. Right there. Yeah. I guess that's your main value. They'll be orchestrating everything against you. Ever. Which is so stupid. Yeah. He'll never work against self-interest. At least with the realm, with the Empress gone, all the great houses will fight you, the Anathema, but will also work against each other. And that's yeah. interesting. Well, I guess the only way to spin it is if you'd circumvent him, start going to the gods, and, you know, approaching him from that direction, that, well, since the gods are his superiors, and so on and so on, then maybe you could start whipping him into shape. Who would ever fuck with him? He's max level, max everything, max... He knows all the secret martial arts you don't know. Yeah. Um, And all the gods in heaven that are in really high positions of power are pro-bronze faction, so... Well... And that's what they've portrayed it for the last little while, too. Well, not all of them, but yeah, I guess... Uh, What's her name? The bureaucrat bureaucrat fucking chick. Rizala. Yeah, Rizala. She's in charge of the biggest stuff. Well... I think I read Aim off City Spiders in charge of his own division, and the guy that was pro gold faction is in jail. Uh, I think I read up with like, and not really on either side. She doesn't want creation to end either way because that would mean the end of bureaucracy. She works with Kajak. Yeah, definitely. she's his co-conspirator. She's the god version of him. Um, but you've got uh, Flashing Peak. That's you know. The, oh, yeah, you have a yeah. few that are that are that are pro things being better, but. Kajak is an artifact from a rougher time from the White Wolf line and should have probably been excised by now. Mm. He, he reeks of Divismal. Well, he could probably just write him out of the setting oh, yeah. like he did yeah. something else. Maybe say, hey, eventually the Empress returns, but that's Kajak in disguise? Some shit, but you know what? Yeah. I think I think the, the writing direction should have gotten rid of him. Yeah. It's a bad sign that he's still around. But I don't think he's really mentioned... Oh, he is mentioned. Yeah, he's in the core book. He, there's a picture of him. Yeah. Uh, famously, uh, in, in the backer PDF version, it was plagiarized to shit. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, so I think that deals with Kajak. What else we have? As you're looking, yeah. Kajak could also um, provide a dragon spin kick to the face of every single Gatimian and Rakanthulio that exists if he really wanted to as well. Like He could just kick them all to death. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's roughly it. Unless you know, go down to the details of like what applies to Sabira, doesn't apply to other exalts in the bureaucracy and nah. such like that. The bureaucracy only applies depending on who's corrupt enough to try and fuck with you. Well, yeah. Uh, so I think we read some topics say that basically, yeah, in heaven, the bureaucracy only applies if you don't have a strong backing. Although in the Sidereal books they say that if you're a young Sidereal, then you're getting a regular audits every 10 years or something like that. Plus, again, there are some rules for Sidereals that don't apply to Celestial uh, Exiles, because apparently Celestial Exiles are above the laws unless someone just can whip, well, whip them around. It's not that they're above the law, it's just 
Are you going to try and bring a solar to jail? Are you going to try to bring him and his essence four circle mates to jail? They'll fucking murder you. <laughs> no, but... Um... Serials, you can pull their... You can yank their chain because they, you know, work for you and have a salary. <laughs> and there's an entire institute of 99 other serials that are keeping the machine going that could probably bring you to justice. Yeah. No, but... Um... Like you've got rules in heaven that oh, gods shouldn't be owning armies or ruling nations and so forth. Those are the rules of Yushan. Doesn't apply to celestial exiles. Well, because they don't work for Yushan. Sidereals yeah. do work for Yushan. If you're a Ronin Sidereal, those rules don't apply to you. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. You don't get salaries. So you can't destabilize an economy. You don't. You're not cultivating a cult using Yushan resources and stuff. So you're not diverting uh, money away from Yushan. It, it's the job thing. Yeah. I guess that could be made more explicit in some of the books because I've never even come across the Ronin uh, concept for Sedulas, and I've read the whole Yushan book. It's in the second Sedula. edition book, actually. It's part of the character creation rules. Yeah. Ronin Sidereal. They get shittier stats. <laughs> yeah, much like Abyssal uh, re Renegades, I think they called them the shitty options, or or Dragon Blooded uh, Lost Eggs or mm. Outcasts, quote unquote. Yeah. Oh. They also got shittier stats. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's roughly it. Maybe you can finish up still to Saws and about this uh, made themselves since they're also playing the games of the divinity. They also don't care much about the worlds going on. But they seem to be more involved than Saul himself. At least, again, I found one. And that's good. Yeah. Coming back to our conversation we had about the Unconquered Sun in the last off-topic, the Unconquered Sun should never interact with the setting because he's pointless. The Maidens, on the other hand, fill a lot of thematic roles, and they aren't quite as big. Like, they're big. They're bigger than any god in you, Sean. Yeah. But they're so aloof and weird and stuff, and they're all about fate and prophecy. Yeah. You know, that, that just fits the mythic thing. Nobody wants Zeus to come down and do the problem for you, but... You know, having one of the fates, like one of those hags from Macbeth or whatever, be all like, no son of woman born! Whatever, that's cool. People like that. So would you use the maidens in your games? Would I use the and maidens how, in my games? I would use the maidens in one circumstance, which would be probably someone in creation, not necessarily an exalt, not necessarily a solar or sidereal, but someone in creation doing something in their portfolio that absolutely is amazing and a lot of efforts going in and I, I would have them show up not as themselves but I would have someone out of them show up in disguise and either assist or give a portent or give a destiny or give a plot hook to uh, in that regard yeah. I would not do this for Luna and I would not do this for the Unconquered <clears throat> Sun but the maidens I would I would be willing to throw in when you're acting in a way that get their nose and get their favor kind of like how um What's her name? What's that bitch's name? Um, Aphrodite. You know, Aphrodite shows up because you're being awesome and, and you know, likes you because you're being beautiful. Or like Artemis or... Um, is Artemis the girl or the boy? The bow? The bow game? Yeah, there's like there's a girl and boy bow god in mm. Greek mythology. There's Artemis and someone else. Anyway, kind of like them. You're like, you're the best bowman in the world. I'm going to show up and give you a portent or leave a gift behind for you. Yeah. I would be super willing to do that with the maidens. I would not ever be willing to do that with the sun or with Luna. Yeah. Well, again, I think uh, the only reference I saw that of them actually uh, doing anything in the setting was, again, the Battle of Terran Woolbridge. Yeah. where Swan Dragon in the chair. Yeah. yeah, where the Swan Dragon was kicking ass, and so much that Mars looked upon and 
and I, that is where I would use them. And that that fits. It's within the yeah. the the mono myth arc. You know, you you always get a god coming down disguised to give you entreat upon you favors, and the maidens are so lower tier compared to the sun and Luna that I would use them as willingly as I would use just a regional celestial god who would want to grant favor to someone. Yeah, I guess you know, so is the ultimate solution to every problem because you know he can do no wrong and so yeah. and so on. It's too much how the maidens are more subtle. You can't really tell them, anything, oh, help me kill someone. No, that's not what she does. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. So, yeah, the maidens are much more useful to the setting than the Unconquered Sun is. Yeah. As an active part of the setting, they're, they're more useful in that regard because they do not overshadow people and they fit a bunch of different thematic elements. Yeah. Um, I guess unless we want to touch on the sixth maiden we made for our game. Ah, fuck that uh, shit. People are listening to this because they want to get history on Exalted, not because they want to hear about our garbage. <laughs> They'll listen to the podcast. They'll listen to the Princess of the Universe for that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is Devin and Peter signing off. Our future depends powerfully on how well we understand this cosmos in which we float like a float of dust in the morning sky. sky, sky, sky.